Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting and GPB Media. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so, large device or small, at GPB, GPB gpb.org, the GPB Sports app, Choice D, all the above. Alongside Hannah Gooden, I'm John Nelson. How you doing? I'm doing good. Week six. Wow. I know. It seems like it just started, and now we're already in week six of week 15, and really 15 and a half, considering that the championships are going to be a week and a half after the semifinals, but... uh, your big takeaways from week six or week five going into week six. Oh, gosh. Our game of the week at the branch, it was Jefferson versus Flowery Branch. We promised you a show by junior quarterback Malachi Starks, and boy, did he perform. He rushed for 131 yards on 14 carries. The Dragons rushed for a total of 310 yards and didn't even attempt to pass play. John, why would you yeah. when your quarterback is a running back. Uh-huh. And, and the best running back on the team. And Matt and Matt Stewart is still uh, loving the uh, the halftime and the postgame comments from Jefferson head coach Gene Cathcart. Matt's uh, best interview ever that we've ever had on Football Fridays. He said he was trying to get our ratings up at halftime. <laughs> he said, we're trying to put on an exciting show for you with the fans and the guys' energy. Do you think that they put on put oh, no, on a good no, show? no doubt. They they definitely showed why they are where they are in the polls in the GPB top tens behind Marist and ahead of Marist, depending on which poll you look at right now, number one or number two in the state in quad A. So definitely showed why they are what they are. And it was uh, and we got to show a lot of folks in the state of Georgia. Yes, we know that Jefferson knocked off Rabin County earlier in the year, but mm-hmm. we got to show them about Jefferson on Football Fridays in Georgia, too. Final score in that one was 40 to 10. Jefferson moves 5 and 0 on the year and plays East, plays East Hall this Friday. Flowery Branch falls to 3 and 2. They have a week off and play North Oconee on October 23rd. What did you see from the sidelines? Uh, well, a lot of rain. You I was feeling bad for no, you. No, you were not. <laughs> you I, I were wasn't. not. I wasn't. No, you're right, I wasn't. But no, it was uh, it was a dominating performance by Jefferson, and you know when you and I'm a fan of the triple option. I'll mm-hmm. go ahead and say it. I, I like to see things that are different because these days when everyone's all spread and four wide and five wide and NASCAR formations and things like that, to to see a team that does the triple option and does it as well as they do, it is assignment football. It drives teams crazy. It is the absolute discipline when it comes to defensive assignments and defensive football for a full 48 minutes. And for me, it's, it's always fun to see those different offenses like we got to see last week. Yeah, and it seems like we're picking some good games. I mean, it was by far the most exciting game, I thought, of the night. What other games did you have your eye on, John? 11 billion of them. Let's see. Uh, Wintersville, Swamp War. Well, uh, Wintersville. Okay. Okay. That that was exciting. Yeah, and we'll have uh, Jamie Dubos, the head coach of the Lowndes Vikings, coming up. He's the, the guest this week here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Swamp War, that one for me. Big win for Charlton County, knocking off Clinch. That's a signature win for Russ Murray with his young kids. They only have seven seniors on the Charlton program right now. They played a lot of freshmen last year. Those freshmen are sophomores. Big win in the region of Doom for Charlton. Also another big win in the region of Doom in single A. Irwin goes to Quitman and knocks off Brooks 21-13. So that was a big win for Irwin as they're getting healthy. They're getting to full song. Uh, Maurice Freeman. I give Coach Freeman a lot of credit because when he went on social media after the game was over, he said, and and I'm going to probably use this quote all week long, if not all season long, he said that 
when you get an L, it doesn't mean a loss. It means a lesson. Mm, love that. And he said that to, he anticipates playing and seeing Irwin again later in the season. It would not surprise me if those two decided to, you know, the way that the brackets shape up, if those two played again uh, deep in the single-A uh, public season, would not surprise me one bit. Uh, big win for Brookwood over Marietta. Uh, Grayson survives Mill Creek. North Gwinnett is shot out over North Cobb. Uh, in South Georgia, Lee County knocking off Warner Robins, holding them to seven points. Carrollton got a big win over Rome. Ware County, uh, Jason Strickland, my weekly column, is going to be on Ware County after their win over Benedictine. Coffee, a big win over Camden. Uh, Oconee County, pack a lunch, pack a dinner trip. They you know they won again, 14-6 over Veterans. Appling beat Wayne. Fitzgerald knocked off Pierce County. So those are the ones that are on my list about cheers. Well, I had the Grayson Mill Creek game. Yeah. Second overtime. Uh-huh. Dion Cannon throws the nine-yard touchdown pass to Jaden Smith to clinch the victory. Mm-hmm. Then they stopped the fourth down conversion. Right. That was exciting. Yes. That was a good game. That's the one I wanted to talk about. Okay, you just did. <laughs> it went to double overtime, and I think that that speaks a lot to what we're seeing out of Mill Creek. And don't and don't think for a second that everybody else who's going to be playing Grayson this year won't be looking at that tape against Mill Creek to, to see how they go up against the Grayson Rams. Decula won by one point against Lanier. 28-27 to was the final in that one. Lanier missed an extra point after holding after a holding penalty that would have tied the game late in the fourth quarter, and Decula recovered Lanier's onside kick and ran out the clock. The drama. Yeah, we've had we've had those two on uh, during the playoffs one year, and to, to be able to see that rivalry kind of uh, grow and emerge out there in Gwinnett County, that one's also pretty special, too. And North Gwinnett held North Cobb scoreless 16 to nothing. The Bulldogs go 4-2 and two on the year. Nice defensive performance Yeah, and there. Bill and Bill Stewart has always prided himself on defense there at North Gwinnett and uh, North Cobb. Uh, you know, once again, we saw North Cobb with their big wins this season going into North Gwinnett. So it's going to be a challenge for them as well uh, as we see things uh, continue to work their way forward for uh, both, both of those teams, North Cobb and North Gwinnett. Well, we will turn the page and talk about what games we're looking forward to watching after we hear from Coach DuBose. So as promised, Hannah has promised us that Jamie DuBose, the head coach of the Lounge Vikings, are hanging out with us. And guess what, Hannah? What, John? Jamie Dubose is hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Coach, good to, good to catch up with you. Well, it's good to be here. I appreciate y'all letting me come on today. All right, so uh, the question that I'm sure you've never heard in your entire life uh, ever since Friday night. So how was Wintersville? <laughs> well, it, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, of course, with the times we're under, uh, believe it or not, they say that uh, the crowds are usually bigger and larger, and uh, you know, just the excitement is unreal. But I thought the frenzy of the crowd, and I thought uh, the excitement of the community was uh, was second to none. I thought it was great. I thought it was a state championship atmosphere, and uh, you know, I, it was electric, and uh, you know, it was just a lot of excitement, and uh, it was a great game to be a part of. And we got, uh, we were fortunate enough to come out of it with a victory. It certainly was exciting, Coach. You held Valdosta scoreless. It was 19 to nothing for, through the first three quarters. Take me through that game and what happened there in the fourth. Well, you know, we had some breakdowns. We played really sloppy, I felt like, in the third quarter uh, offensively, not defensively, but offensively we came out and uh, I felt like we had a chance to put another one on the board in the first half. We missed uh, an opportunity there after an interception, had the ball first and go with the five, 
and uh, you know we had two plays there that we felt like we could have scored on, and uh, we missed the opportunity, and and you know we got three out of it. But then the third quarter came back, and we just uh, we got out of characteristic on offense. We just didn't play very well. I don't know. We we played pretty solid all year, but uh, we had a lot of weird things go on that. Uh, didn't usually happen. Uh, we fumbled the ball twice, which uh, I take that back. We fumbled once, uh, trying to run the clock out late in the game, and you know we had uh, some miscommunication on some signals, and uh, you know just weird things go on, and uh, that that kind of confused me a little bit. Defensively, they were able to get to us on a couple of passes on some broken coverages, and uh, you know which has been uncharacteristic of us. We, we've we've been a very solid team uh, lining up and uh, running the coverages and doing the things we're supposed to do but we uh kind of got uh, kind of got out of whack a little bit uh there in the second half but uh the proud thing i am of our team is we found a way to win uh during an adverse situation and during times when things just wasn't going well uh we found a way to win and number one thing is we put it on our shoulders of jacari brown and uh let him find a way to win late in the game yeah what a performance by brown he rushed for 170 yards and two touchdowns on 19 carries including a game-winning 64 yard run in the final minute he was also 8 of 17 through the air for 101 yards two more scores that way what a kid coach well he is he's an outstanding kid and uh you know, let me say this. Uh, he's a great football player, but he may even be a better person. And uh, that's what uh, impresses me more than anything when I come in here. Since I've been in this town since last January, I haven't found one negative thing to be said about this kid. And I'm talking about on the Valdosta side, the Lowndes side, either side you want to talk to about. This this guy is a first-class guy. And, uh, you know, he just he's very mature. You know, when you talk to him, uh, you don't think you're talking to a uh, guy that's a junior in high school. You think you're talking to a sophomore junior in college and you know he uh he really carries on conversations well he's very well respected in the community and on this team of course and uh you know it just seems like he's been playing and starting for six years but uh you know he has been going since a freshman uh the guy has accomplished uh, a lot since he's been here already uh he's got his sights set on hopefully a state championship that's what our goals are and uh you know we we don't try to overcomplicate things. It got late, and we needed to keep scoring the win and keep that lead in front, so we put it in his hands, and he found a way to get in the end zone. And obviously one of the, the subplots to all of the subplots for this game was the fact that there were two coaches who have done tremendous things in their own right in a neighboring state now doing things with two tremendous programs in the state of Georgia. What's it like going up against uh, Rush when you guys were on the same staff at Ufala? I think you were an assistant under him at Ufala, right? Yeah, he was the uh, first guy to give me a job back in 1993. Uh, he hired me at Ufala. I was there for a couple of years with him. And uh, then I went on to Opelika, where I became a coordinator there and uh, under Spence McCracken, which was a legendary coach in Alabama also. And, you know, I've just been blessed and fortunate to be hired with good guys. And, uh, you know, we, we had battles when I was at Prattville uh, for state championships mm-hmm. at, uh, at, uh, against Hoover. When he was at Hoover and mm-hmm. I was at Prattville, we, we battled each other for state championships. So we've had a long line of going against each other. And, uh, you know, we, we've known each other. And, and you know, he, he's a good football coach. And we come out of all the same tree of uh, coaching. You know, when you go back in Alabama, you got Bill Clark. It's at UAB. Uh, Bill and Rush were friends. Me and Bill are friends. I worked for Bill also. 
you know, and, and John Gross, which is at Jacksonville State, were for me and John Gross were actually on Russia's staff at Ufala together. Uh, so, you know, we all come out of the same tree and uh, got kind of a lot of the same beliefs when it comes to how we run a program and, uh, you know, the process that we do to get there. And, uh, you know, so it's always fun. It's, it's great to have great matchups against people. It's very competitive. We're friends after the fact. But, uh, you know, when the white lines are, are between us, you know, we, we, we're going to get after each other. What's the first lesson that you learned, whether it was from Bill or Spence or Rush, that stuck with you as a coach that helped you formulate your philosophy of being a coach? Well, number one thing is you got to be yourself. You can't be Bill Clark. You can't be Rush Probst. You can't be uh, uh, Spence McCracken. You've got to be yourself, and uh, you got to find out who you are uh, and how you want to run a program now. Do I steal a lot of things from those guys that I was with? Yes. That's what coaching is about. You steal all the things you like, and, you know, you kind of put them in your twist and what you want to do and how you want to run a process. There are things that, you know, I, I admire about Bill Belichick. There's things I admire about uh uh, Nick Saban that uh, I do in my program that uh, I mimic what they do somewhat. You know, maybe not to the extent, but uh, you got to find those guys that uh, you really want to follow and you go about doing it. But uh, at the end of the day, you got to be your own self. You can't be them, uh, but you can steal things from them, of course, to run your program and and look a lot alike. But uh, I've got. You know, I got something different from each one of them. That's a neat question you ask. You know, uh, from Spence McCracken, he was a great people person, man. That's the one thing I got out of him, uh, you know, touching the flesh, you know, getting out in the community and uh, getting involved with the community. He was very good at that. And, uh, you know, he was very good with talking with people and uh, how he handled the players. You know, with Rush, he was an X and O guy. You know, Rush was a guy that – understood the X's and O's part of it. He understood how to, how, how to scheme and how to do the things. And then with Bill Clark, he was a program guy. Bill Clark is, is all about the process, you know, how, how you got to run your program and what you got to do is, is like a CEO of a business. And, uh, you know, so I, I was fortunate enough to get something from a lot of these guys and, and put it into action and, and put it into play to how I want to run my program. We're talking about all these legendary coaches across the state. You're definitely one of them, Coach DeBose. What is it like to coach down in Valdosta for those listening who don't understand South Georgia football? Well, I appreciate the comments you made, the, the kind of remarks about me. I don't see myself as that. I see, I still see myself as a good assistant coaching somewhere that's just having a good time. I love what I do. But, uh, you know, I, I tell you, coming to South Georgia, I'd already heard about, you know, Wintersville. I'd heard about Titletown. I'd heard about the, the excitement down here that goes along with high school football. But, you know, it, it, it's high school football steroids. I mean, I hate to say that, but it, it really is. It's the closest thing to uh, Texas or to Ohio. I know I played both of those states over my career, and I, I think both of those states have just crazy football uh, fans and, and support, which I think is unreal, and I'd heard about it down here. But when I got down here, uh, you know, I told somebody, you know, I, I've done radio shows my whole life, you know, during football season, but, you know, down here I'm doing radio shows about our football team in January and February. Uh-huh. That, that, that doesn't happen everywhere. And, uh, 
you know, I thought that was so unique and so different because we're talking about off season. We're talking about the upcoming season. We're talking about spring training. We're talking about things that are going on in January, February, and March. And I'm attending, and there's people calling in. There's people sending uh, <laughs> questions in because there's interest about it. And, uh, you know, it, it never stops. I mean, it's uh, it's a 24-hour, uh, seven-day-a-week thing, uh, year-round down here, and people talk about it. And, uh, you know, I, I've told the story to ESPN last week, and it's a true story. When I came down here to interview uh, for this job, uh, I gave them my process for winning a state championship, what I believe in. And, you know, at the end of the interview, uh, one of the board members raised his hand, and I said, yes, sir. He said, Coach, uh, that is a great talk, and we're excited about it. But how much film have you seen about Austin, and what do you think about Wintersville? Uh-huh. And I was like, I, I found out real quick how big that game meant to the community and what it meant. But, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a unique place down here. But I want to tell you, some of the best support I've ever had comes down here. They've got a tremendous touchdown club. Uh, this place at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they get school let out, and immediately they start letting tailgaters uh-huh. in. And I'm talking about I, I peeked out at the first home game at about 4.15 in the afternoon. I peeked out of my office in the parking lot, and it's wrapped up Good with luck smoke Good finding everywhere. a parking space. No, it's, it's – it's, yeah, you're right. They, they All across the fences out there, they have names up where their places are, and they, they reserve them years in advance. And, you know, I, I run into people in this community that ask me about the upcoming season and a guy say, I haven't missed a lounge game in 50 years and I've got season tickets. I've got 20 of them on the X yard line. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's unbelievable the support. It's unbelievable the passion uh, that this community has for football and lounge football uh, what I talk about the most is, is just got incredible support and passion for it and love for it. Well, because as you and I both know, the four seasons are not summer, fall, winter, and spring. It's football season, it's spring football, it's Cruton, and National Signing Day. Those are the four seasons. Well, and, and they, they live it here. And when I tell you that it's, uh, you know, it, it's a, I'm busy every day with football. Somebody always asks, you know, what are you doing all season? Well, of course, we're working kids out, but I'm still meeting with people. I'm talking at civic organizations. I'm doing radio shows. Uh, we have something going on down here year-round with football. I found that out after I got here in January. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, just a, a few weeks ago for Wintersville coming up, matter of fact, I was headed home about 930 at night, and I looked over when I went past the board office where they sell tickets and there was people lined up down the street at 930 at night <laughs> on the sidewalk and I was I had to whip in because I was like what what's going on so I turned in and I asked somebody they said well we here we've been waiting in line all afternoon to get our Wintersville tickets and I said well how long are they open and he said about 11 11 30 if we don't get up there by that time I said what do you do they said we'll be back here at 4 a.m in the morning getting back in line to get them so it's just the passion of it, like I said, and, and the support, and uh, it's uh, it's just an unreal situation. But uh, we have good talent here. There's been legends go through here, and I'm just happy that I was a part of it and uh, had the opportunity to be a part of one Wintersville anyway right now. At the top of the show, I was telling John, I can't believe we're in week six. There's still a lot more lounge home games and fans to pack the stadium to go. Let's talk about your schedule a little bit. I see you have Alcovey coming up this Friday. You got Colquitt County November 6th. Um, looking down the line, you know, which games you have circled on your calendar? 
Well, you know, for me as a coach, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the coach spiel, which is truth about me. I, they're all circled. I take them all like it's a state championship game. But we've got Alcovey this week and then uh, uh, Mitchell County coming up the next week. And then we follow it with our region games, which will be uh, Tifton first here. And then uh, we got to go to Cockwood, which I've heard is a uh, – a tough place to play yep. over there. I've heard it's a very difficult place, and uh, you know their fans are right on top of you, and they get after it also at Cockwood. So we're, we're looking forward to that trip over there, which I, I guess is a circled game right now. Cockwood uh, is a very good football team. They've got uh, some really talented players, and they've got some tradition. And uh, I think right now in our region, that's the one that everybody's kind of looking at as possible uh, could be the possible region champion. But then we got Camden at the end of the year, which uh, has had spurts this year to show uh, Coach Spire does an excellent job, and they've been playing really well. Uh, so, you know, we got them at the end of the year. So, And then we get a, a break before playoffs come. But I would think right now, you know, you look at our schedule, four of those five are at home, and that's an advantage to us. Uh, I, I, we played Lee County here a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be in some – I played at Cincinnati Bengals Stadium. I've been uh, down in Miami and played Miami Northwestern. And, you know, we've been all over the world or, or all over the southeast and played high school football, I feel like. And, you know, I want to tell you, we played Lee County a couple of weeks ago. It may have been the loudest place I've ever been in our stadium. All those here motorcycles, yeah. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Well, I'm talking about here at the Palace. Oh, no doubt. Uh, yeah, our band, you know, is 400 plus members. Uh, the Bridgemen are just uh, incredible, and then our fans get loud. If the Bridgemen aren't playing, I think our fans get louder than the Bridgemen. <laughs> so uh, it, it was just uh, this concrete palace down here. I don't know if it's because of the concrete or what, but it's uh, it's tough on teams in there uh, when it gets loud and uh you know it's just an incredible atmosphere so to tell you we got four of the next five at home uh is a really good feeling for me uh as we get through the schedule and get there but it's going to be a tough one over in uh Cockwood County to go to Moultrie and play them where do you think you are as a team right now well you know we're still growing I mean uh you know well, I'm still new our staff is still new here with the shutdown and all I've been proud of our kids on how they've handled everything we've put in front of them and uh you know, I think they've handled it in a mature way. I think they're really focused uh, to try to get back to the state championship game. My, my motto when I came in here with them was this. You know, no senior wants to see a new head football coach come in because everybody wants to say, well, it's a three-year process. Well, I'm not that way. I'm, I came in and told our seniors, you know, we're at Lambs. You know, Lambs reloads. We don't rebuild. And and what we were out to do is I told them our goal, number one, is, is to win Wintersville. Uh, number two is to go undefeated, and number three, uh, win the region, and then number four, be in the state championship game. So right now we've won Wintersville. We're still undefeated at the moment. So it's, as I told them this past weekend, all our goals are still in front of us at the halfway point. And uh, we are in control of our destiny right now. So we've got to go seize the moment each and every week and try to get to our goals and keep knocking them off. But uh, you know, we're, 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 our, our season is, is, is we're getting better. We're getting to know each other. You know, our motto around here is one percent better every day. And uh, you know, a lot of people will talk about how much you got to be a hundred percent better. I don't think that's realistic. You know, we told our kids just go out and give me one percent more than you did the day before. If you could do that in, in learning video, if you can do that in becoming a better teammate, if you can do that in becoming a better football player, then we're going to have a chance to play in December. And that's what we're trying to sell them on right now. And uh, our guys are doing a great job of just doing that and trying to be that 1% better each and every day. 
Seize the moment is kind of the theme of high school football across the country with the landscape we're in because of this pandemic. How has this season been different for you? Well, I mean, it's the unknown. I mean, I'll tell you, you know, from the season, whether or not, and you're right, we're going to week six right now, and it still amazes me we're in week six because at one time I didn't know if we'd have a week one. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just happy that our seniors are getting to play. That was my whole ambition behind this is our seniors being able to play the game and finish out their career. But, uh you know, I, I I I tell you what, it's uh it's been uh it's been the unknown because, you know, you don't know from week to week who you're gonna have. We still have in our school the tracing going on where, you know, we'll have uh athletes possibly sent home for sitting next to somebody or, or around somebody that tested positive for COVID. Uh you could lose them and they could go into quarantine for fourteen days. That may be two football games. That's happened to us, you know, two times this year, I think. So, you know, we keep our fingers crossed every day that uh, we continue to work and we continue to grow and, you know, that we have all our teammates here and we're all healthy. We, we you know, we, we do a lot of different stuff now than we used to do. I have to sanitize. You know, we got sprayers that we sanitize the locker rooms every night in the weight room. We're doing that every day when they come in, when they come out. Uh, we're washing things on a repetitive basis. Uh, we're having to cut down on the numbers in meetings and doing things. And, and just, you know, there's a lot of different things we're having to do. Uh, even today, I'm sitting in here as we get into week six, and, you know, I'm trying to come up with ways how we can limit access to things but continue this program and continue it going. So, you know, it, it's made things more difficult this year, but I, I would sum it up. Uh, my best word about this year is unknown, you know, because it's a day-by-day task uh, to come in. It's gotten better uh, because I will tell you, during the summer, we would show up for work waiting to see what the next protocol would be or what next week would hold. And, you know, uh, fortunately now we've been able to get going better and do things, but uh, it's still, to me, the unknown of what, you know, what does November hold? You know, we're in October, but what does November have for us? So, you know, we just hope that we can continue to go as we're going right now. And uh, if we can, you know, hopefully we'll be successful. Well, Coach, thanks for hanging out with us, uh, especially after your first Wintersville Classic heading into the game uh, at uh, at the Palace this week without Kobe. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. We'll be keeping an eye and we'll catch up with you soon. Well, thank you so much and go Vikings. Good to have Jamie Dubose on, the head coach of the Lowndes Vikings, after his first Wintersville yeah. experience. Good stuff. I love when a coach is candid and tells you really how it is and how he's feeling, and I felt that he gave us a lot of good information. All right, heading into week six, what's on your mind for the games that you have that you have in your spot shadow? I've got like $11 billion in mine. What are on yours? You know the game that's on mine, John. Yes, I do. It's our Football Friday Game of the Week. Da-da-da! We are heading to the Big Orange Jungle, yes. one of my favorite well, places. Well, some of us are heading to the Big Orange Jungle. Well, you are. I get to watch the game from the studio. Uh-huh. This one's in Lilburn. It's a Region 4 7A battle between Newton and Number 5 Parkview. The Rams are loaded with college prospects, including senior cornerback Nylon Green, who I spoke to for the Recruiting 2020 show. He's being looked at by Auburn, Clemson, Georgia, LSU, Tennessee. I could keep going on. Yes. So look for their defense to be really stacked. He said he just wants to execute against Parkview and get the win. Uh, As for his recruiting process, he has not committed yet. Doesn't even have a timeline. He is focusing on the here and now in this Parkview game. So I am really excited to see what that Newton defense brings 
against a high-powered Parkview Panthers offense, John. GPB Sports Recruiting 2020 starts your Friday night at 7 o'clock. Kickoff of Football Fridays in Georgia with Newton visiting Parkview a little after 7.30. Mm -hmm. And then after the conclusion of the game, the evening resets. So you'll if you missed Recruiting 2020 the first time, it comes on after the broadcast ends on the live side. Then the football game comes on after that. So our football lineup for Friday replays after we go off the air live with uh, Newton and Parkview this week. All right, here's a small sample of my games to watch. Okay. Grayson at South Gwinnett, Mill Creek, North Gwinnett, Camden at Warner Robins, Cartersville, Cass, uh, Hoco and Veterans, Hateville Charter, Marist, BC and Appling County, Early County in Thomasville, Athens Academy, Wesleyan, Macon County in Taylor, and Wilcox and Wheeler. That is just a small sample of what is on my mind this week. I'm looking at my alma mater. I'm yeah. looking up their schedule to see... Yeah, who does Lassiter have this week? <laughs> Lassiter is playing. Lassiter is playing Kennesaw Mountain. Lassiter is one in five. Okay. Kennesaw Mountain's one in four. Okay. So maybe the Trojans will win one. Okay. So Lassiter and Kennesaw Mountain, mm-hmm. Hannah will be keeping an eye on that one. So uh, once again, seven uh, seven o'clock recruiting twenty twenty with Hannah and me and Matt Stewart kick off with Matt Wayne Hannah and the GPB Army is a little after seven thirty here on Georgia Public Broadcasting. Once again, thanks to Jamie Dubos for hanging out with us, the head coach of the Lounge Vikings. It's good to catch up with him because you're going into that cauldron that is Valdosta City football, Lounge football, and you know, it's you got Rush at one school and you've mm-hmm. got Jamie Dubos at the other school and they go against each other in their first Wintersville Classic. That was some good stuff. Something we didn't ask him about, ask him about he kind of answered it, is the pressure. So much eh. pressure yeah, I know. down there. I know. It's it's, uh, it's one of the great environments for high school football yeah. here in the state of Georgia. And we'll keep an eye on their schedule as we go as they head into region play in Region 1-7A. Final thoughts before we go. Don't forget Countdown to Kickoff every Wednesday at noon on the GPB Sports Facebook Live. We recap, we preview, we touch on, we touch on the games in the podcast, but we really break things down a little bit further in our 30-minute show there on Wednesdays. And we, so also, and we also have the most important question that we always ask every <laughs> single Wednesdays. What's for lunch? Yeah, the best part about that show is we interact. So if you're commenting during the live show, we bring you on and we, we call you out. And John's favorite question to ask everybody is lunch, lunch as, as our stomachs growl through the mics. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so we get, it gives us good ideas to what we can uh, get after we're done taping, the, doing that particular show, getting ready for recruiting 2020. That is another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing show. So like, friend, be a part of the conversation on all the social media platforms. All right, so let me get this straight. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and subscribe to the YouTube channel? Yeah, so my my interviews, these Zoom interviews with these recruits will be on YouTube and obviously on the Recruiting 2020 show. But YouTube's a good spot to get a sneak peek of those because I put them up before the show. A little little, little sneak peek. You can just go to the YouTube page and watch it. A little preview. As always, the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast is produced by the irreplaceable Sean Powers. We'll be back doing this again next week. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy the game.